Standing in a grocery store in New York City, you might think the orange from California is going to have a smaller carbon footprint than the one from Chile. But depending on the orange in question, you could be wrong. In the nearly 30 years since world leaders began negotiating measures to curb global warming, the world has broken annual global high temperature records eight times. July of 2021 was the hottest month in the 142 years people have recorded global temperatures. The planet has warmed more since 1992 than it did in the 110 years prior. Intensifying global warming has disastrous implications for both the Earth and human society. And the costs are already stacking up. So the question arises, how are we going to tackle this problem in the future? Is it a question of a sustainable mindset? And with this, I am so thrilled, hyped, excited, you name it, to welcome you to our first episode ever of the Futura Mundi podcast. And as you might have heard earlier in the welcoming trailer we published, this podcast is focusing on the three main topics, digitalization, sustainability and finance. In today's episode, we will be focusing on the sustainable mindset. Let's go. Futura Mundi So, by that I am happy to welcome our first two guests live here in our podcast studio, Dr. Carsten Wengel from Munich as Head of Global Sales and Distribution in the Card and Digital Payment Business of Giesecke and Devrient. G&D provides customized security technologies in the fields of payment, connectivity, identities and digital infrastructure. My second guest I am happy to welcome is Joe Crutwell. Joe Crutwell is the European General Manager at Patch, responsible for scaling Patch's business across the continent by connecting companies that want to take positive climate action with a broad network of groups developing carbon removal and credit solutions. So I have to say, honestly, I can hardly imagine better guest for the first of our episodes of Futura Mundi. I'm totally hyped. This is such a special moment. Carsten, I can already see you laughing and join our Zoom call. Carsten, Joe, I welcome you both from Munich and London. And I'm so glad that you two spent this episode with me. So warm welcome. Thank you, Samira. Thank you. Delighted to be here. <laughs> Same here. Guys, before we go into the theoretical deep dive and the expert discussion, which is going to be a hard workout, every hard workout needs a good warm up. So let's start with our hot mic session. I'll give you some questions and please feel free to choose one answer so me and our audience get to know you better and maybe find out some little secret here and there. So guys, I'll just start 
start. Um, Carsten, you answer first. Joe, please feel free to answer afterwards. Well, you actually have no choice. You have to answer afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start. Carsten, bike or car? Bike. Joe. Bike. Beach or mountains? No. Mountain. Beach. I'll go with Joe in this one. Interesting question. Beer or wine? Beer. Can I have both? If not, I'll go for beer. That's the attitude, Joe. There is no either or. So it's always both. Winter or summer? Both. I'm a summer guy. I'm such a winter girl. I'm dying from the heat for real. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Yeah, pasta. So if you guys care, I would choose pizza. So okay. as nobody's asking me, I'll choose pizza. I already had the opportunity to get to know you guys, Joe and Carsten, before the podcast. But before getting to know each other, tell me something. How are you? Carsten, how are you doing? How is Munich? Sun is not shining, but that doesn't matter. We feel good here. That's the right attitude. <laughs> how is London, Joe? Yes, I'm great, Zamira. Thanks. Really, really looking forward to the conversation today. You can imagine the sun is also not shining in London, but uh, it will be a lovely day nonetheless, I'm sure. Yeah, that's great. Like I said, I already had the opportunity to get to know you before the podcast during our planning processes. Maybe I should at the beginning introduce everybody to Futua Mundi first as it's our premiere episode and our first episode. Guys, at Futura Mundi it is important to us that our listeners have the feeling that they are sitting together at the table with good friends and discuss the hot topics and latest news of the day. So, to get to know each other and to become final good friends, Carsten, be so kind and say a few words about you, yourself and Giesecke and Devriand. Yeah, thanks so much, Samira. So, my name is Carsten Wengel. I'm since over five years now with Giesecke and Devriant, who uh, some of you may not know. It's a 170-year-old family-owned business, which is in a quite interesting market segment. We produce banknotes, we produce payment cards, digital payments, SIM cards and embedded SIMs for connectivity and a lot of identity uh, systems and uh, devices as well. And my role is actually here, I'm, I'm leading sales and distribution for the world, uh, for Giesig and Deviant on our, what we call e-payments portfolio. This is basically everything that has to do with uh, payment cards, debit cards or credit cards. So we're issuing them, we're producing them, we're designing them for our clients. We are connected with over 500 financial service institutions in the world. And we're also having a, a quite strong arm on digital payments. So tokenization topics, authentication of payments uh, we do. And we have also a great company with many companies around the world that are supporting us. Uh, Patch is one of them, and we will come to that in a minute. And just personally, I am a father. I have uh, two girls uh, who are growing up very fast, uh, married happily, and, uh, and really enjoying what I'm doing. Miss Wengel, if you hear the podcast, Carsten is happily married. <laughs> Good job so far. Joe, heading over to London. How is the life in London? And please um, tell us about Patch. You're a startup. And who are Joe and Patch? Yes. Well, Samira, firstly, look, thank you so much for having me on. Really, really delighted to be here. In terms of myself, so Joe Crotwell, I'm the European General Manager here at Patch. And Patch is a platform for scaling unified climate action. So we offer a B2B marketplace that connects businesses looking to take positive climate action with a really broad network of providers of trusted carbon credits. And there are two real ways that businesses work with Patch. So 
Firstly, you have companies like Afterpay, who use our software to embed climate action into any product or service that they offer and let their customers compensate for the CO2 footprint that an action generates. So when a customer is doing things like making an e-commerce purchase, taking a travel journey, they can see the CO2 footprint and then use Patch to neutralize it, taking the CO2 that it generated out of the atmosphere. Secondly, we also work with companies like EQT or Shop Apoteca, who use Patch to curate portfolios of carbon credits across a wide range of solutions to compensate for their own CO2 footprint and ultimately drive their business towards uh, towards net zero. So really exciting forward-thinking group of companies that we that we get to work with. And myself, I think like Carsten, I'm delighted to say I'm happily married with two young boys who are also growing up growing up too fast. And you know, I think this broader topic and seeing their growth really obviously makes me care about the future. This is crazy because I was talking to my father lately, talking about me turning 30 next year. And we were both sitting there and thinking, so when did this happen? Prepare yourself, you two. It will happen one day. So thank you for this nice introduction. I think we have enough information here to get into the topic. I don't really think there is one day when I turn on whatever medium, be it on the TV, Instagram or even TikTok, where I don't find something about sustainability or climate. It's really the hot topic or probably the hottest topic right now. Certainly, it could have started a few years early in terms of intensity, but there is a lot happening in the industry currently. So companies want to be more sustainable and also want to become more sustainable. So Carsten, you're nodding. Please tell us what trends can you observe in the industry? Yeah, before we go to the financial services industry and on what we are seeing there, how they react on the topic, I think it's first important for all of our listeners to understand that this is really uh, the discussion not about climate change, it's actually a climate crisis. And it's definitely not a trend because it's something that is here, unfortunately, to stay for the next decades, potentially centuries to come. And we brought ourselves into this situation through our way of living. We produced so much carbon dioxide in the past century and also in the last 20 years that uh, this increase is now really warming up the planet. And we see, if we just reflect on the summer we had here in Europe, we see already dramatic changes and effects happening. So first observation, this is not a trend. It's here to stay. Mm -hmm. And the second then, this is of course an important topic for us here because we are all working in the financial services industry, is how are banks really reacting on this? And can they actually contribute on this also? I think it's two important questions to be answered. And the first observation, as I mentioned, we, we talk to banks all over the world on this topic. I hardly see any bank currently that does not have this topic on top of their agenda. Totally. Where do you see this? You see this by appointing sustainability officers at the board. They are making public declarations to how are they reducing their own carbon dioxide footprint and how they can help others. You see also through companies like us, they are now bringing new offers to the market, new accounts that offer ecological investments supported by payments cards, which are on 100% recycled PVC, for example, or on even ocean plastic, recapture plastic from the ocean. So you see this happening. And what you also see if you are an investor and you like to invest in companies and get some earnings, you see now a variety of investments happening where the funds are structured in a way that there are only companies taking part 
who are contributing to reduction of CO2, who are really doing eco investments in, for example, new solar systems or carbon capturing technology or what have you. And I think this is what's happening. Maybe I stop here because I can go on on the topic for ages and I'm sure you have more targeted questions. Perfect. Do a short summary. A short summary. First summary is, uh, this is not a trend. It is here to stay. And the financial service industry is already reacting quite dramatically on this topic and we see it by many measures. Joe, Carsten just said, first of all, it's not a trend. What do you think about this? How would you rate the current situation in the industry? Thanks, Carsten. I think a lot of what you said really resonated with me. And we're not trying to avert a climate emergency. We're actually in a climate emergency now. And every action that we take is to try and stop it getting even, even worse. So for context today, we emit around 50 billion tons of CO2 per year. Based on what the IPCC, an intergovernmental body of the UN, has said that we need to do to stop the world heating beyond an additional 1.5 degree Celsius, which would make the situation catastrophically worse, as well as the massive emissions reductions that we need to do to take global emissions under 10 billion tons a year. We also need to increase our planet's capacity for carbon removal to 10 billion tons per year by 2050, both to capture the CO2 we continue to emit and also remove the excess CO2 we've already added to the atmosphere over the last 50 plus years. And that capacity of 10 billion tons is over a thousand times the capacity that we have today. So there's a huge amount of work and investment and solutions that we need to build and develop over that time period. And there's two broad ways you can do that. One's nature-based solutions, so planting trees or reforestation. Or secondly, there are more human-engineered solutions like a carbon cure who have built technology to capture and inject CO2 into concrete rather than it being released into the atmosphere. We unfortunately aren't going to be able to rely purely on nature-based solutions. So we do need significant investment at a very large scale in these human-engineered solutions as well as nature-based solutions to hit our climate goals. And it's in you know, conversations with businesses and consumers, we're really starting to see an increased awareness of, the, of this problem and an increased investment for companies to fund these solutions and a desire to enable consumers to take action in putting funds into these carbon removal solutions that are going to be a critical part of our longer term climate strategy. Everything is going echo and the trend in the industry is screaming, we want green. Carsten, you have already elaborated the measurements Giesecke and Devriant is taking. As we are moving toward eco-innovative payment solutions, what does this mean for us? Yeah, we're asking this ourselves too. How can we contribute on this topic? And Joe just nicely explained how massive the issue is, right? So there's a huge elephant in the room here. And the question always is, so how do you eat an elephant? You know, one spoon after the other. And here we also try really to contribute. So if we talk e-payments solution, for example, I mentioned already earlier how banks are shifting their ways of doing business with their consumers. And we are, especially as I mentioned, in the card business. So we took a stand actually already a couple of years ago to develop a complete new set of portfolio when it comes to payments done by card. So we now offer 100% recycled PVC portfolio. We have renewables corn starch based cards 
that are compostable. We have also, as I mentioned, ocean plastic cards together with a great uh, partnership with Parley for the Oceans. And that together is a huge impact because it helps us to lower the consumption of oil for producing new PVC. If you think about that in the world, three billion cards alone in payment are issued each year. That is a large reduction of oil needed here that is otherwise wasted again in unnecessary ways. So that's just one small contribution. I also want to mention already now something that we also set ourselves as a goal because it's not only to do good things, but also to take ambitious targets. So we said latest by the year 2030, we would like that all the cards that we deliver from GND are not using virgin plastic anymore. So that's a stop. That's what is called our pledge 2030. And of course you can say 2030 is still a long time ago. Our ambition is to get it much earlier already, but you need to have some date in for a starting point. But just imagine that GND would not use any oil anymore for producing PVC cards would be a major change also in our business model. And also our clients would say, okay, from GND, I only get this product, but it's a good product and it still works. So these are small steps, of course, in the greater scheme of things. But this is just one example of what we are doing. We have not even touched the digital topics, which also Joey is, of course, wonderfully representing. I think this is just amazing and the right time that financial industry and Giseke und Devrind has made a statement and we are all excited to follow the path. This also indicates some shift in your mindset because you have rechanged your product. You have thought about, okay, what can we improve and what can we contribute? So would you say that with this shift of mindset, Joe, if you just take this example, what should financial institutions in general consider if they want to make progress and sustain? Sustainability. I mean, Giseke und Devrient has shown what can be done. So what should financial institutions generally consider? Yeah, sure. And look, firstly, I think it's great that G&D are making this pledge. It's an incredibly bold and ambitious goal. And we're really supportive of that as the team at, at Patch. And actually, and sort of building on that, I think one thing that is really important for businesses to consider and in a sort of another trend that we see is that in order to meet those sustainability goals, we do think sustainability and climate action needs to be embedded in our daily lives, both to help direct attention to the issue and also, of course, to raise capital. And what we're really seeing from consumers for financial institutions is the desire to be more aware of their climate footprint and be able to take action related to that. And we think that actually, from an eco-payments perspective, that transaction is the perfect place to take that action. So much of an individual CO2 comes back to what they purchase, be that the energy they use, the travel they make, the, the food that they eat. And at Patch, we're looking to create a future where every commerce transaction, every swipe of a card, retail delivery, can have its unavoidable emissions automatically neutralized at that point in time. And that's actually where our, our sort of partnership with, with G&D comes in. So as part of G&D's eco-payments solutions and with other partners like Doconomy and, and Parlay for the Oceans, issuing banks can offer bank accounts to their customers that let them see their CO2 footprint generated from each transaction and then choose to remove the CO2 that was created from that purchase with Patch. And the consumer can do all of that inside the customer's banking app. And what makes that really great is it taps into that consumer demand, but it's also a really seamless ability for consumers to take. And I think tapping into those sort of trends of, of why it's important is really critical for the financial institutions, because as much as we all want to 
you know, we all believe in, in making a difference to the crisis. Of course, it also needs to make sense for financial institutions from a business perspective. I think there's that consumer demand that is really changing and driving towards that, as well as the desire from their employees to see sustainable programs and change happen, coupled with, of course, you know, investors and, and Carsten talks about climate finance, but investor pressure, as well as increasingly global regulators putting pressure on these financial institutions to have a plan and take action. Carsten, you have already told us which shifts have taken place in the mindset of Giesecke und Devrient within the Holy Halls. But generally speaking, what should financial institutions consider beyond if they want to make progress or sustainable progress? What would you add? I think the topic of sustainable progress is also something that we talk ourselves. So first, you always need to have a goal, right? And the goal should be measurable. Otherwise, there's no need <laughs> to do anything. So the question is, how do you keep yourself honest that you're on the path to achieving your goal. That's a question that politics ask themselves, that societies ask themselves, and of course, financial service institutions need to have the same question, right? The good thing here is, and that's also a mind shift change, that financial service institutions are used to reporting their financial KPIs. You have the profitability, you have, I don't know, growth rates, da-da-da-da, the whole enchilada. Now there's an addition to that. How much CO2 has Bank of America saved in the year 2022 that is going to be audited even by external auditors will now be part in the future of the statements that the company is giving out to the public. So that's what I mean in keeping yourself honest. So you need to prove in a regular fashion that you're really making progress through the goals because otherwise we are all just talking about marketing statements but nothing really happens and in this crisis we need to get out of this and the financial service institution can have a really good and strong contribution to this because how i think about banks they are really a mirror of society And that's why we are also not surprised that the topic of sustainability comes up in almost every bank that we meet because people worry. People who have children worry about the future of planet Earth. And so everybody's asked, well, not only government now need to fix it, but what can I personally contribute? And through solutions that then also Joe here from Patch or the economy provide, that's also for the personal behavior, I think. You can now monitor what is my footprint, what am I contributing to carbon dioxide, for example, and what kind of measures can I personally take to reduce this? So, and if 8 billion people would be equipped around the world to do exactly that, what kind of contribution would that be? One spoon after the other, make it small, make it digestible. And if we then scale it out through societies and through people, we can really still change the world around. And that's, I guess, what we need to do. Carsten, I think this was a very, very good summary. And I think your enthusiasm and the way you elaborate the pledge Giesecke Devrient has made just shows that the shift in mindset has really taken place in financial industry. And the financial industry has come to the conclusion that there has to be a change because there is no industry without society and no society without industry. So we are co-dependent on each other. We have to take care about each other. What is the biggest learning and takeaways our listeners should take from here, Joe? Yeah, I think the main thing that comes away from me is, look, we're unfortunately, there's a long road ahead of us and we need to act really, really quickly. Like thinking to the market for carbon removal, we do need to act incredibly quickly to prevent the climate disaster getting worse. And I think the only way that we're going to get there and hit our climate goals as a society 
is by working to scale thousands of solutions in parallel. At the end of the day, we need to try a thousand things. A hundred are going to work and 10 are going to likely scale. But if we try and be too perfect and only select and progress with that small number now, we don't have the time to make it up if not all of those come off in the future. So we really think that climate action should be centered around growing that investment pool and the broad range of things that we do rather than reallocating funds and things that we have together and giving out access to consumers and letting them be able to take more action is obviously a really important way way of doing that and so you know as a society i think it's around focusing to reducing emissions as much as possible but in tandem with evolving and growing that overall carbon market and that's something obviously you know we're really trying 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 to help to do Carsten, would you give us your final statement and what are your main takeaways today or what would you like our listeners to take away? I would think my biggest learning out of uh, all this discussion, and I mean, I'm, I'm working on this topic of ESG here within G&D already for many years, is that there's not a conflict between being healthy and profitable company and still contributing to environmental and social standards that we all need to go for. There's no conflict. You can do both at the same time. And what I find so exciting is that with companies like Patch, with Doconomy, with many others here in this field, we find so many startups who are now making a huge contribution to this topic, not only in making people more aware, but also offering solutions and even making good business with this, right? Which needs to go hand in hand. There is a lot of money and investment needed in order to turn our society around and to make this a healthy and a planet worth living in the future. There's a lot of money needed. The key learning for me is it's possible to do both. And that is what makes me actually very optimistic that we can also go and find solutions to this crisis that we currently have. So one takeaway would be, yes, we can. You heard it, folks. Sustainability and mindset shifts have arrived in the financial industry, finally. I think it is really important that we develop awareness for this topic. That is why we discuss it here at Futura Mundi, because it's important. And I can't believe that this has been the first episode of Futura Mundi. And for real, guys, I've said it. It was my first sentence of this episode. I couldn't imagine for better guests for the first episode. Thank you for being here. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, to laugh with you. Thank you for being so open minded and so open also when it comes to the question beer or wine because there's so many other important questions in the world sea or mountains beer or wine or what to do with our planet in the future so guys stay tuned when we will discuss in the future how everything is going to evolve Carsten, joe thank you so much for being here thank you for enriching this podcast and i hope to see you guys soon again Carsten, i would just suggest that we book a flight to london and visit joe in london and repeat your night yesterday and dance on the dance floor yes yes and joe will tell us how to compensate our flight okay let's do it <laughs> joe we are waiting for your plan Just send it via email and stay healthy, guys. Stay as happy and positive as you are. And I hope to see you soon again. Thank you very much, Samira. Great being with you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Cheers. <sighs> This was 
An interesting first episode. You guys might have noticed climate change is real. We have to take some action and start taking care of our own individual responsibility for protecting our globe. I'm happy that you guys have spent the first episode with me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and stay tuned because we are already working on the next episode. We will let you know. Until then, stay healthy, stay fresh, and I hope to hear you guys soon in our next episode. Bye.